it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello there, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company, Vaughan Benison with you. Today we revisit New Horizons from 2016. Porik Nocton is going to talk to us about his experience of blindness and vision impairment, not in Australia, but in another country. Porik, welcome to the program. Thank you. Why don't you start by telling us about yourself and where you're from? Uh, Vaughan, I'm from uh, Ireland. I'm a place called Ballinasloe in the west of Ireland originally, but I spent most of my growing up years in, uh, in Dublin. Dublin's the capital of Ireland, of course. It is, yes. And uh, when I was growing up, was also the centre for uh, visually impaired and blind children to go to school from all over the country. So at the age of four and a half, I moved to Dublin for, for my education. Now, it's interesting you should say that. One of the first things that uh, that I notice is that you say visually impaired, whereas uh, in Australia we say vision impaired. And I think we went through a stage of saying visually impaired for a while, but for some reason it's changed all very PC. Oh, my God. It, it kind of really irritates me. I'm sorry. Me too. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of thinking of going back to being partially sighted uh, <laughs> because... Uh, you know, it kind of does exactly what it says in the tin. Even the school I went to, which was called St. Joseph's, when I started there, it was St. Joseph's School for the Blind. Then it became St. Joseph's School for Partially Sighted Boys. Then it became Visually Impaired. And now it's called Child Vision. Uh, now, mind you, in the 1870s, it, it was called uh, St. Joseph's Asylum for Male Industrious Blind. I think in Ireland, the services use vision impaired. Um but in fact, a lot of people who are blind or visually impaired would actually use that language. Uh, the other thing I notice of recent years and speaking to the National Council for the Blind, which is our kind of national service, they now call themselves NCBI so that they don't have to mention the blind word. Um, and they also tell me that they now use uh, NCBI um providing services to people with sight loss um, because they are finding that a lot of older people who acquire a visual impairment or become blind uh, do not like the term blind. Uh, it makes them feel very uncomfortable and they're not availing of services as a result. So that's kind of why the language is moving the way it's moving. Mm. It's interesting because when I grew up in New Zealand, we were blind and partially sighted. Yeah. And when I came to Melbourne in the mid-80s, we were blind and partially blind. And then we were visually impaired and now we're vision impaired. Um, I think I managed to skip the visually handicapped, but which is uh, very fortunate from my perspective. But um, you're not totally blind, are you? No. In, in fact, it's interesting you say that because I forgot there actually was visually handicapped for a while in Ireland as well. Um, no, I, I am registered blind, so I have about 20% of uh, normal uh, or full vision. Um, but to be honest, it, it seems quite normal to me because it's it's all I've ever known. I've, I've had mm. this vision quite constant since I was about the age of four. So let's talk about the services in, in Ireland. I mean, we hear quite a lot about the UK, but certainly in my experience, we've never heard about what happens in Ireland. What is the situation with services for blind and partially sighted people or vision impaired people in Ireland? 
It's kind of, you know, it's strange. I think if you grew up with a visual impairment or were blind uh, in Ireland, you you find that you don't avail of the services very often um, because you figured a lot of it out. So what I find is that a lot of uh, people who acquire sight loss in mid or older life, they tend to be the primary users of services from the National Council for the Blind who would provide retraining, rehab. Uh, they provide library services, you know, um, with audio and, and Braille uh, books, particularly uh, mainly Irish generated or uh, material from the Library of Congress or from the RNIB. Um, although that has become a lot more difficult since those services have gone digital. And I do know quite a few of my Irish uh, blind and visually impaired friends who have UK addresses uh, with relatives so they can avail directly of the RNIB services uh, because of the things have become much tighter uh, around getting material uh, in a digital format it was actually much easier when it was braille and it was audio cassette that's really surprising isn't it because it's so much easier to copy or transfer digital material from one place to another i mean you can do so without even leaving your desk chair whereas with the old cassettes and uh, and even as far back as the old records that uh, that used to be used you literally had to post them from one country to another yes but um in in some ways, I think the systems have become the digital systems have become a lot more preparatory, and I, I there's there seems to be a a kind of a, a more of a division of labour, and therefore a, a division of who gets the service from country to country. So it, it's almost like the borders have tightened rather than loosened in my experience in recent years. And of course, what's added to that now is that there's a whole lot of other digital material that you don't need to avail of through the services anyway that you can get yourself um and interestingly uh ncbi in recent years have that's about two years now i think have introduced a small charge for use of their library service um which wasn't the case uh, until then. I think that happens here too. Vision Australia now charge for the use of their players. Yeah. Um, they don't charge as such for the library service, but for the, if you want to use one of their yeah. audio players, um, yeah. and there are several, they, there is a small charge for mm. those. So what other things that, that NCBI would provide is they, you know, they would provide advice and support around acquiring a, a computer equipment and software, and they also sell uh, some of that, uh, equipment and software as well and uh, they you know would provide uh, a range of ad- uh, of advice services and also some um you know support around um uh, you know glasses low vision aids uh, and other things like that for visually impaired people what about guide dog and mobility services yeah we have a uh, guide dogs for the blind and they would provide uh mobility services as well and in fact actually ncbi would provide mobility services too um and so you know uh, while yes there is a waiting list for for guide dogs um you know it it is something that if if somebody needs a guide dog they can actually get one and be trained and be supported in in ireland 
So the NCBI, is that the only service for blind and vision impaired people or are there other organisations that you can go to as well? There, there would be other ones, but that would be the main one. I suppose the, the kind of other organisation that I think of would be the National League of the Blind and they would be very much more on the leisure, sports and social sort of end of of provision. Um, and, and, you know, so they would be the other kind of service and that's more voluntary than it would be a kind of a professional paid service. As you probably know, this is New Horizons, the national program from Blind Citizens Australia. Blind Citizens Australia is a consumer group. It's, a, I guess, it's an organisation of the blind rather than for the blind. Is there such a thing in Ireland? I was interested in that notion that there was such a thing as a consumer group, um, because we don't have an equivalent. Um, I think you've a number of forums that. Uh, visually impaired and blind people would contribute and debate on um, but there isn't a, a consumer type organisation um, and in fact I, I think there probably is a need because um, we very much look um, at the in Ireland at the provision of services to visually impaired and blind people and not necessarily looking at the consumer or user experience and I think very often that's where the shortcomings in services come up is is around are they being tailored to the needs and the wants of visually impaired and blind people um, it's one of the things I, I find quite refreshing about going to the United States where they have a very much uh, a, a customer and user focus um, and in fact that very much guides how the services are developed, uh, I find, in the United States. Whereas it's not unusual, for example, with something like audio description, which I'm quite familiar with as a visually impaired person, that, you know, it'll be provided, let's say, at an exhibition, but nobody will have actually tested how it works for the user. So in other words, the audio description itself of, let's say, the individual exhibits will be good, but nobody will have gone back to check if, that user experience is perfect for the person who's using the service. The The one example I think of going to an exhibition that allegedly had 20 exhibits, it only had 19. I couldn't find the 20th exhibit. Of course, thinking it was my visual impairment, I went searching for it and searching for it to find out the curator had removed it. But in fact, nobody had thought to remove the 20th audio track. Ah, yes. Well, that is a problem. And I think that happens everywhere. Yeah. And so how does the lack of a consumer organisation reflect itself in, in Ireland particularly? So, for example, if you um, were walking around and you found that there was a new traffic signal, I assume you have audio traffic signals in Ireland? Yes, we do. Um, and how that might work is, that, you know, a lot of the state agencies have set up user groups and uh, kind of they have... Uh, forums that can feed into them so you know Dublin Airport Authority um, there would be the, there is a transport group um, and so they have different people with disabilities on those groups that would feed into them mm. um, and so there is feedback but very often you just have to complain uh, and I think Irish people aren't particularly good at that and our legislation isn't particularly helpful either uh, in that regard, I know myself in the last decade, I've thought of complaining once and, and maybe taking a, a, a case under quality legislation. 
and then kind of looking at the paperwork involved and kind of going, oh, do you know what? This is too much like trouble. I won't bother. Mm. And 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 very often that's that's kind of the way it is. Um, but people do, you know, they will very often get on to the National Council for the Blind and complain to them. And actually, the NCBI do have good mechanisms into most state agencies where even unofficially they can try and move things along. And and it does happen as a result. Mm. And you may recall from New Horizons in 2016 that there are, in fact, two parts to that story. If you'd like to hear the second part, do let me know. New.horizons at bca.org.au. New.horizons at bca.org.au. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for your company. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 060. 1800 033 060. Or you can email bca at bca.org.au. BCA at bca.org.au. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realization of a dream. Of our dreams.